Hey, Miracles. Did you know we have a Twitter? You can follow us at the Ladypod Pals. Keep up to date on episode releases, polls, artist highlights, hot tea, and your thoughts. Reach out to tell us your thoughts, feelings, or ideas. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at the Ladypod Pals. Hello, Miracles, and welcome back to another episode of The Lady Pod. This episode, we're going to be talking about Penalty. We kind of skipped over that one last time, so we're catching up now. <laughs> the finale was more important to cover. Oh, fuck it. Yes, it was. Anyway, uh, on an update note, just in case some of you are not part of the Twitter, which we know some of you aren't, our upload day is going to be changing from our normal Tuesday days to a different day in the week. Um, because our adult lives have changed and we need to reschedule our upload times. So we will let you know what that day is on the Twitter. Keep it, keep, follow that to keep informed on other updates and things that are going on for the uh, podcast here. All right. So penalty, who wants to start? Um, I actually just watched it to refresh my brain and took some notes. Um, I guess this was, uh, Mr. Didier, I think that's his name. Uh, he's a sports announcer, so I guess this was, like, a really cool moment for Paris, France, uh, when it comes to, uh, soccer? Or is it football? Football. It's football. football. Okay. I feel like it's they like said It's soccer, only America where they say soccer. Yeah, see, that's why I was a little confused for a minute, I think, because I feel like they said soccer and not football in the I'm, English dub, but I, I might yeah, be wrong. I think they, I think they did. English. Yeah, I know, but, like, we're not stupid. Well, okay, hang on, wait. <laughs> like, I, I understand that, like, what football is here is, like, throwing the pigskin around versus what football is there. So, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Feel like, I, feel like, I feel like most people are cultured enough to understand the difference. I think that was why I was thrown off for a second there. But, See, here's uh, the thing, though, is just that we've come up with a game called football where the ball does not really touch your feet most no, of the game no there's like one time the, the ball could, yeah two but like the game that's called football should be where the ball in the feet touch yeah kind of like in soccer football. it which, makes sense where did the word soccer come from is this latin i need to look this uh up. yeah there was i remember there was a class i had a teacher who went on a whole tangent about this i forget what the reason was it's really dumb i know that much for a fact <laughs> It's the same reason why we call, uh, everyone else calls it autumn and we call it fall because leaves fall down. <laughs> so it looks like it originated at a university. Was it an American university? <laughs> no, British. So they, so what came first, the football or the soccer? The football, yes. It, most likely football because yeah. that makes the sen more sense. But so the word, like Google top, top thing here on like Google, which is not a good reliable source because it's literally called history.com. <laughs> but it pops up saying the word soccer comes from a slang abbreviation of the word association which British players of the day adapted as a sos or a soccer a, a soccer a, uh, as soccer and eventually soccer or soccer football it, lo it looks like ass soccer <laughs> yeah it's ass soccer yeah, that's a, that, that is weird uh, it, this, the sport name was called association football so they basically shortened it to soccer football. The real reason Americans call it soccer is all England's fault. <laughs> it's the yeah. name of the article I found. Hang on. Oh, actually, you know what's really funny about this? I did know this from an episode of Castle. <laughs> yeah. It's all coming back to me now. It just wasn't fancy enough. What the heck? Okay. This is this is this is out of this is just out of pocket. But like it just it wasn't it just literally wasn't fancy enough. They didn't like the word rugby and they didn't like rugged. They were like, mm, don't like it. I know. Soccer. Cause soccer. And all these fancy smancy men were like, Yes, yes, I like it. Yes, let's do it. 
but then they didn't keep it. But the Americans were like, hey, that sounds fun. Let's do that. All right. So now that we have the history of soccer under our belts. You see that? But here, here, let's go further back. Records trace the history of soccer back more than 2,000 years ago to ancient China. I mean, it's it's a game where you kick a ball between two bars. It's not like... It, 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 it's well, not that, like it's it's super advanced, you know. I'm not saying right. at all that like China like China wasn't advanced. I'm, I'm saying I'm talking it's more about like simple. Like I, I'm talking more of like when you go backwards, they still of course I'm pretty sure they made a ball before two thousand years ago anyway. So you could go back four thousand years and I'm pretty sure they already had like a ball that you could give a kid to have them kick around. Right. But yeah. the adaptation of it making it into a game and then having adults play the game is more what I'm going looking for in this oh, aspect. Oh, I see. Is what you're when you're recording the sense of the game, I'm not talking about kids playing ball in the backyard. I'm so talking you're talking about, about like, the professional sport being played or the right. making of it. I see. Yeah, the biggest one I've got is that it was called gridiron uh, football because yeah. it was like the iron um, posts that you'd shoot the ball in between. And they were like, yeah, this is not fancy enough. I don't like the word. And then they found soccer, which would either be from an original name they found for it or the fancy schmancy. Giant disclaimer to let you guys know, uh, we're probably going to call it soccer during, the, during this episode. That is a good point. You are, I think you're right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep, all of my notes say soccer. <laughs> all right. This episode, the entire premise is uh, the class is playing soccer slash football. And soccer. Uh, yeah, they 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 start like dividing up how they're going to play. Uh, my favorite thing that they started right off with was uh, Marinette trying to figure out how they're going to do it. And she was like, oh, let's do boys versus girls. And I forget what his name is, but uh, uh, one of them goes, no way, we'd lose again. <laughs> and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. That was a great insert. He like instantaneously was like, absolutely, he's like, no, we're going to lose again. I don't want to do boys versus girls. I think that was Kim, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was Kim. That's who it is. Which is was even, even better. better. Which makes it even better. Like, I love that little where they're like, no, we're going to lose again. Like, there's no way. So, uh, like, you know, without saying, like, like we need to split it up because the girls need to be appreciated. I love that. That was a fun moment. Uh, but this entire episode was about Chloe. Like. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent about Chloe. I miss season two, Chloe. <laughs> So, go ahead go ahead but uh moving with like chloe as like a bad guy and that's in it didn't make sense for her to be akumatized in this because like she didn't want to play the game but she ended ended up playing the game i'm like sitting here going why why would you get angry about people playing this game when you could force them to play a completely different game with those powers instead of playing the game you didn't want to play in the first place? I think the idea was um, her making it so that they would hate soccer. Do you guys have little sisters? No. I have a brother. I have three little sisters. Um, this episode only makes sense if you understand something about Chloe, which is something that Thomas tries to tell us isn't real. And we're all just, we're just all making it up. Um, but upon my second viewing of this episode, it really makes me want to do a Chloe deep dive. That girl is hurt. She is hurt and very messed up. And I do not know why. Because you only do something like that when you are seriously hurting she's not doing it for attention who's she trying to get attention from if it was from her dad she would have called daddy and like sabrina suggested or mom but she didn't do that and she didn't make this super big deal against the teachers and she started taking out stuff on her class why the only time i've ever seen that is when a my younger sisters are lashing out because something's going at home and they don't know how to deal with it emotionally or b uh, people I've gone to school with are doing that. Like, I've seen that legitimate uh, relationship between Sabrina and Chloe in those situations at recess or during PE classes. 
It's very, very specific. So Tom is trying to tell me that Chloe's just this really evil supervillain when Lila's literally sitting two feet over there. Just doesn't, I don't follow it and I don't believe it. Like, this is the actions of someone who's seriously hurt and I want to freaking know why. She's hurt because Tommy is hurting her. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's not allowed to touch characters anymore. You keep mistreating them. Uh, hang on. I'm trying to reread my notes. Oh, uh, Adrian, just for a fun moment before we go back into Chloe. Adrian not knowing what soccer is. Adrian, okay, here's my thing. This I thought was really interesting. Adrian does not know what soccer is or how it works. But Shadow Moth makes a comment later where he's like, I love these moments in sports. And at first I was like, yeah, Gabby, I'm sure your Sunday afternoon includes you sitting on the couch and watching a soccer game. That really strikes me as something that you do. And then I thought about it. And I was like, why does Adrian not know what sports are if you know what sports are? See, no, you know what bothered me? It was like... Adrian has been stuck in his house for years with no friends and nothing to do. And he has a TV in his room where he can watch basically whatever he wants. You're telling me you never, not one time, just turned on a soccer game just to see what it was about. He might not be interested in sports. That's a, that's a valid thing. But he's like, got a basketball hoop in his room. He might like basketball. <laughs> I think that's, no, all that's he a good point. That's a good point. He does have, he does basket. Okay, so what? So maybe he thought that soccer and basketball were kind of the same thing. Is the boy broken? What? Clearly. They're broken in more ways than one. <laughs> have you watched the show, Coco? Um, okay, so what else do I have? I have uh, Adrian not knowing how soccer works. Uh, Chloe doesn't know what her wrist is. I know it was for comedic value. But what is what is wrong with that girl? <laughs> she was like, oh, my wrist hurts. And then she grabbed her thigh. What is she doing in science class? I like, dude, dude, aren't you like what 14? Yeah, like what what is wrong with you, honey? <laughs> like, I'm I'll admit I'm not professional with anatomy, but I know I think I knew where my wrist was before I turned 10. So, like, if she said that, like, her, like, funny bone hurt and she grabbed her thigh, that'd probably be a little bit more believable because not everybody understands what the funny bone is because it's not actually a bone. It's just a tendon in your arm that if you yeah. hit it, it, makes your entire arm tingle. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. But she was like, my wrist hurts. And I'm like, ah, uh -uh, honey, you wear bracelets. You know where jewelry goes. I'm not buying you, that like, one. Anytime she says ridiculous, utterly ridiculous, she's flicking her wrist around all the time. That's why her wrist hurts. <sighs> The flick of the wrist. But, I, yeah, no, I, yeah. Okay, so she doesn't want to play soccer, and she starts basically making a big deal. And to me, this kind of just, like, I'm upset. It is time to make a scene. How can I make a scene, inconvenience everybody in one place, most probably not get in trouble? Um, And literally inconvenience and piss off everyone in my near vicinity i know an akuma attack because you can't arrest someone for being possessed by an akuma right that's kind of already been established the way that you see people who've been akumatized they're victims not uh not criminals not perpetrators right chloe's yeah. use is aware of this right. and is using it to her advantage the same way lila does which is a conscious decision, which means that that was her goal from the beginning. Yeah. But why? Especially if she wasn't already with Lila. It doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying Chloe's not smart, but what fucking agenda does this girl have? She doesn't have one. She just wants the attention and to cause drama. She's hurting, and that's why. Yeah, I literally wrote homegirls messed up in my notes. Where are we at now? Because she just gets akumatized? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then Ladybug finds out that Cat Noir doesn't know how to play soccer, so he asks for them, her to call in the team. Not her. He actually says, "Why don't we have the team come in?" I just like keep the panic on his face in that scene. Like, no, 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 no. We're not. A, I can't do this. We're a good team, but not, not this way. Not so soccer. No, 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 no. He literally was like, "Uh, I have no idea how this works at all, woman. Not a clue." 
I felt so bad for him. Which this brings me... Go ahead, go ahead. Because you know what that reminds me of? Sorry, I'm allergic to feathers. And everyone's yeah. like, how do you not see it? Literally. Like, you yeah. figured out that in, this, in the same day that both these boys are allergic to feathers. And then you find out that the same day both these boys don't know soccer. Like, come on. She we just all know everybody in this show him. has smooth brain except for Felix. And Alia. And, 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 and Lila. That's true. And... Actually, when we get to the end of this episode, I do have a question when we get to that. But um, speaking of gathering up the team, why the fuck was Luca there? Yeah, I don't understand that. Like, did he just happen to be walking by the dome and got stuck in it? <laughs> so, like, that was, was like a pizza. <laughs> Because she makes it bigger later, but when she first makes this, the the dome, it's slightly bigger than the stadium. So I was like, okay, maybe he lives next to the stadium, but he doesn't. The motherfucker lives on a boat in the pier, so... Maybe he's delivering pizza. Okay, that's convenient. Hey, you know, we apparently he's got a job, so... That's true. I just, I, I was like, okay, sure, Luca's here. And then I tried, like, figuring out how he could have been there. I just still do not have an answer. Yeah, I don't have an answer. No answers either, in my notes. But... Uh, and then we have the whole scene where we are playing soccer, except this time around, Marionette's not being a team player. Yeah. Which was, was where did that come weird. From? It didn't make any sense. Like, like, I anything... could see, like... Like, okay, so you know how, uh, what's his name? Mark? Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Mark? Okay, Mark. I could see where, like, maybe Mark, because he's so good at soccer, like, have it be, like, a little character development in this one episode where at first he's like, give me the ball, give me the ball, I know what I'm doing, give me the ball, and things like that, and then people are kind of like, hey, this is not a one-man show, this is a team thing, and he's like, you're right, I'm so sorry, I've been playing a one-man show because I just, I know how to play the game so well, but I didn't stop to think that this is a team thing for a hot minute. That right, would have made but- a lot more sense because it would be, like, the first time you know, but they had already established that Mark wasn't that kind of character. Mark was the kind of character who was like, "Oh, I'm not really good at it," and it didn't really. It like I know that they weren't trying to make it seem like he was fishing for compliments, but that's kind of how it read to me. Uh, yeah. Like not intentionally, but like I like I was like, "We get it. You don't think you're good at this, but you're good at this. Shut the hell up about it. Good it's lord." It's kind of like how I'm good at art, but then I if somebody's like, "Hey, you're yeah. good at art," and I'm like, "No, no, I'm not." Yeah, like, I get no, it. you're I was good like, at it. Yeah, I was like, eh, he's not fishing for compliments, but it does still kind of feel like it. But they had already established that he wasn't that kind of character. Narratively, establishing that Cat Noir has no idea how to play soccer and only having him mess up that one time doesn't make any sense. What would make sense is to have Cat Noir continuously make mistakes and get messed up and have his entire team get mad at him. But they don't do that. They have Chloe get mad at herself. Um... Which just kind of says to me, Chloe doesn't like herself either. Like, like I she wouldn't see why she would. Well, that's the thing is you would think like, okay, if when the characters that I imagine when it come, comes to mind, Sharpay Evans, if Sharpay Evans versus Sharpay Evans versus Sharpay Evans. Oh, wait, they did do that in the third movie. They literally did that. And Sharpay Evans still won. She still comes out on top because... She loves herself. She knows who she is, and she is fully confident in that. Chloe presents like that, but doesn't really seem to have the follow-up unless she's got, like, Sabrina for backup or can call mommy or daddy. Like, when she's by herself, she kind of can't, like, take it. Like, like, you come into the kitchen if you don't come in the kitchen if you can't take the heat kind of deal. She kind of can't take the heat, and she starts, like, beating up on herself and arguing with herself and yelling at herself. Which kind of makes me wonder, does mom yell at her like this at home? Like, I just, I really need a Chloe deep dive. I need more information. What is wrong with her? Yeah, I, I do believe that Chloe, like, if if Thomas was a better writer and, and the show had a better writing group, we could get that, like, Gravity Falls level with Pacifica type of situation with, like, the Belle. You know, her parents are really mean and toxic and don't really respect her thoughts. but we're not going to get that because the show is too hyper-focused on the Love Square shenanigans and the two superheroes. So we can all kind of collectively come up with our own little headcanons in that sense. But it 
it just it's interesting to me because like if if Thomas wanted to keep Chloe as this like as this super bad villain who regardless of what happens and the amount of chances people give her, she still chooses to take the wrong road. That's totally fine. You can have a character where you feel bad for them and they're still a POS. Like you yeah. can still do that. And that is totally plausible and believable with Chloe. Lila is a different kind of character. She's just mean for mean's sake. She's mean-spirited. She's mean everything. Chloe has learned this somewhere. Like, this is a learned behavior. Lila does this secretively. She lies to her family about it. Chloe does this in public. She does it to her father. She does it to her, like, maybe her mother. She dumbs it down a little bit, but she also mimics her mom's behavior. Like, maybe it's the family therapist in me, but, like, there's something going on at home, and I, I, like, I need to make a visit. Well, this all started because LB wasn't playing, like, a team player. Yeah, this is true. And then she, like, but she does come up and say, so, uh, narratively, I think it would make more sense if they got mad at Cat Noir, and then Ladybug and Cat Noir had this moment where she was like, you make mistakes, but I have to learn, like, like, she's like, and I'm always having to correct them, and they, like, have one of those kind of moments, and then he gets to be open and honest with her. We clearly get that later, some of that later in the finale, which is great, so I'm not, like, too upset. It's not, like, too much of a missed opportunity, but, like, it just really feels to me like this was a Chloe episode, and I know they're trying to set her up as a big bad villain, but it, I'm not buying it. I'm really not no. buying it at all. No. And, like, the two people who, uh, like, give me, like, fear anytime I see them, but, like, fear, but excitement fear at the same time, is usually Lila. When I see her on screen, I'm like, oh, some shit's gonna go down. What's gonna happen? What's some crazy shenanigans she's getting up to? And then Felix are, like, the two people that when I see on screen, I know shit's getting real. And... That's that's when you know you have like good written characters or villains is when they pop in, you know to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, dang, shit's about to go down. I got to watch every move that they make. I don't feel that way with Chloe. Like, yeah. Chloe just kind of feels like she's lost and angry and is an angry teen. Felix and Lila have agendas. They have goals. They have I want to be ruling the world type agendas. That's oh, yeah. very different than what Chloe's goal is. But, and we can clearly see that Lila is using Chloe right now. Like we discussed earlier with the um, Risk and the, uh, I forget what, the, the Shadow Moss final attack was, uh, like Chloe didn't gain anything from Adrian leaving other than to keep Marionette away from Adrian, which, like, girl, he doesn't like you. <laughs> I also wrote down Sabrina gets to do her own thing. Like, Sabrina's slowly start. Like, I wanted to believe that she was making a stand against Chloe, but she didn't really until the end of the episode. Like, like she did want to help Chloe, which is why she put on the Miraculous. But she doesn't take a stand until, like, the very end. And even then, she's just kind of like, I want to stay. And, and then Chloe's like, ah, oh, whatever, hang out with the lizards. So... I think being, like, Miss Hound for a little bit definitely helped Sabrina. Absolutely. And I I would love to see Sabrina hang out with the girls and like get some like confidence in herself and maybe get to know who she is as a person instead of who she is as Sabrina's or as Chloe's assistant. Um I think Sabrina has tons of room for development and to be an interesting character. Like all of them do. Like I understand this is a kids show, but that doesn't mean you can't expand on characters and have a heavy conversations and plot points oh yeah definitely i also wrote down that lila sucks eggs yes she do so oh which brings me to my final question of the evening um because of where this episode ended do we think that lila knows who marionette and that marionette and ladybug are the same person i don't think because if she did i feel like we would have gotten that on screen because that's a definitely in screen scenario if somebody's gonna be if anybody on the bad side is going to know the identities of our heroes, that needs to be in on screen, not this side. Like that's tweet. true. So I don't, I don't care what Tommy says. If he makes a post saying like, yeah, no, Lila knows. It's like, no, you need to show that on screen. Not just tell us. That's true. Cause I'm not going to believe you until I see it on the screen. If there's just a random moment where Lila's like, yeah, I knew who you were all along. Like that's stupid. We're literally going to be like, 
I'd assume they'd follow it with like one of those flashback scenes where they show like all the hints that she's picked up on and like we didn't pick up on her picking up on. But to be fair to animators and shows, they also usually only do that when they're trying to cover their tracks and make shit up. Yeah. So. Well, like making Julika look at twins. <sighs> we so changed our minds. <laughs> Also, I just found out that Rose and Julica are played by the same person. That is some self-love that, like, you get yeah. it. You get it. You get it. Get it, girl. It's also, just like my um, little pony. <laughs> but also, um, get your paycheck, girl, because she's leaving. So that sucks. Yeah. All right, anyway, but... back to penalty. I think we finished penalty. No, we still got, like, we still got to talk about, like, the game itself. Yeah. So, like, oh. okay. The game, I would say, once they got their their team stuff together, they did pretty good working together. Um, and then, of course, the, how they defeated Chloe was the really stupidest thing ever. But Oh, you guys also agree that that was dumb. Yes. Kinda, but... So, Chloe changing the rules and making like the time infinite and stuff, it gave me major Space Jam vibes. Like, the new Space Jam. I don't know if either of you saw that movie. I refused. Shame. Okay, so basically, um, I'm not gonna, like, I'm not 95. gonna give like a major spoiler when I say this, but near near the end of the game, um, the dude freaking um, uh, Don Cheadle, I think that's his name. <laughs> the guy Don Cheadle's in this movie. Yeah, he's the bad guy. He doesn't. He has. He doesn't need to do that. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he's honestly probably the best part of the movie. <laughs> I, I, I see that goes without saying. That's kind of what I was getting at. Is like, what are you doing? You're you're a real actor now. What are you What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, he um he gets mad near the end of the game because like, oh, the game's getting close and they might win. So. He is so in the in this movie, he is essentially Warner Brothers uh digital world god. It's weird, but he's like he's in the digital world and he basically makes up all this shit. And he makes it so the he like enters the game and he changes the game and like if someone on the other team scored a point, he would negate the point because he's god bitch. And that was the vibe I was getting with Chloe, where, like, she was losing, so she just suddenly started to change all the rules. So they couldn't just go and beat her. They had to work their way around it. And, um, honestly, I couldn't think of really any other way they could have beaten Chloe in this sense. Because it's, at that point, they can't just go and beat her at soccer. And they couldn't get out and get the Akuma. So what else were they going to do? See, this is why yeah. I brought up the, like, little sisters. And I'm sure it, like, comes across with just little siblings in general thing. But, like, this is something my sisters would do. We're playing a game, they're losing, and now they change the rules. And once I start playing by their rules that they've now changed, and now it works for me, suddenly the game isn't fair anymore and we don't want to play. Okay, so basically she's just being a child. Yes! Yes. 100%. 100,000%. This is why I don't like kids. This is valid. This is valid. This is why, and this is why I think kids are hilarious. A hundred percent obnoxious because I'm I'm already reached the point where I'm like, I was you. I did this. I know exactly. And it's annoying to be to like be the child and hear the adult say this, too. That's why it's the best part. But instead of being like, I know better than you, it's a you are allowed to feel your emotions. You're allowed to be uber crazy. Go ahead and do your thing. But understand the consequences. Chloe doesn't have consequences ever. For anything that she does, ever. The one time she did was when Adrian held her accountable for being a fucking bitch. And she did not like that. And it lasted all of what, two days? Yeah, and then she like was that. and then she was right back to her crappy behavior again. You know, I she's a say, child. 
I just put a note in here. If I ever got SAO'd into this entire series, I would have the field day of my life. Right. I wouldn't swear at all. I'd No swears would be said, but I'd have fun ways of telling off Chloe. You don't have to take it out all on us because your mother doesn't love you. Yeah. So my I mean, other my other note for this episode. So they have the last four miraculous be used. Honestly, oh that whole sequence of having the last four finally be used, it was so rushed that I couldn't even take the time to like be like, oh, what are their names? What are their powers? And they just kind of put them all in at once. And it was just like, wait, so this person can do this? Like, we know the dog has the fetch power because the finale uses it again and it's scary. But, like, the other three, so, Rooster Bowl, the Rooster Miraculous, yeah. he can choose his power? Yeah! Why don't we use that more often? That sounds so fuck? OP! It is very OP! I'm sitting here going, okay, one, hold on, they're kids, so they can only use their power once, but then when you become an adult, the rooster? I'm sorry, that one sounds, like, more useful than any of the other Miraculouses. Like, why doesn't LB collide with that one constantly? You can choose your ability. My ability is mind control. Okay, I'm mind controlling whoever's in my vicinity. The, on top of that, Capra Kid, that's the goat Miraculous that Nathaniel has, he can make an item appear, and it's his item of choice. Instead yeah, he, of, like, the lucky charm? Yeah. That means that at any point in time, he can just whip out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you you can pass this test if you solve my Vandals 3. Surprise, I have a gun! <laughs> Shadowmoth is like, I'll get you next time, Ladybug. Capri Kid is like, uh-uh, I got the gun! <laughs> Capri Kid! Capri Sun. Capri Sun. Capri Sun. <laughs> Capra, like Capricorn. Capri, Capri, no, no, it's Capri now. It's Capri. Capri Kid. That's not right. Because I know it's Capri, but I was like, that's Capri. That's Capri. That's how my brain. That's how my brain be reading. So I was like, yeah, Capricorn. Yes, that is him. That is his name, and I know exactly why. I know it's because he's the goat. I know it's because I'm an idiot. It doesn't change the fact that that's who it is in my brain. But yeah, like, you're, it when he came out. And he was like, I'm gonna need a magic wand. And he came out holding the fucking magic brush from Kingdom Hearts. I was like, what? What do you need the wand for if you have the staff of power in your hand? Is it, It's just <laughs> for looks. I don't get it. It. I agree with you 100%. It feels really rushed. Like, they were just like, okay, last four, and here are their powers, and go. Now you guys can't yell at us about taking so long to show you. So, haha. It just, it. It boggles my mind that they haven't used the rooster power more than just, like, in this very end here. That seems like a very powerful thing to have. I... Let me look up, just... the, look up the wiki and see what we have. It's got to be nerfed somehow. It's got to be nerfed somehow. You know what would be super powerful? If you just had rooster and snake with you all the time. Yeah! So you could do second chance, Rooster picks a power. If it doesn't work, second chance, he gets to pick another one. Yeah, basically. That's that. That's, that's insane. That Just let, and same thing with Caprican. Like, second chance, he gets to pick an item. That item doesn't work. Second chance, he picks a new item. Like, that's that's insane. And yeah. then there's uh, Minotaurox. What the frick frack paddywhack? What? Its special weapon is an unbreakable quill which can be utilized as both a weapon, a communicator, and an object that can be used to breathe underwater. Just like ladybugs. Um, his special superpower allows the user to gain any ability they desire in order to obtain their goal. So, where's the nerfing of this? Excuse like, why isn't she just running around with a thumb ring? What the heck? It's like Honestly. Li- it's like liquid luck as a miraculous. Literally. Yeah. Literally. It's so overpowered. And I'm sitting here just boggled. I just I don't even know now. I'm so upset they haven't used this more often than not, because like this could have solved so many problems. Yeah, that that that's that's just insane. Anyway, yeah. yeah. And then Minotaurox, who can repel uh any other powers. 
because Chloe tried to, like, kick him to get him out of the game, and it didn't work. I'm assuming it works similar to Protection, where he can turn it on, and then he can either have it on for the full five minutes or just choose to turn it off. I, You know, I don't even know anymore, but also, on a side note, you know how they said, like, oh, if you detransform, they're gonna catch you on camera? Did they not have also houses and buildings and stuff to hide in? Are you, like, filming people's basements right now? I mean, they all got to run off and, like, recharge their Kwamis and then get yeah. back together. And, like, at no point you didn't think to, like, go look for one of these guys. Because there's several new ones there that you have no idea yeah. who they are. We didn't say Hawk Moth was smart. We just said he was there. I mean, we know he's not. At this point, we know he's not. He got outsmarted by a child. He's, he's got outsmarted by several children. Like, come on. Fun fact, Pedal Team is the eighth time Chloe's confirmed to get akumatized. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Homegirl's got issues. Also, you need to be, from as far as I can tell, you need to be in some sort of extreme emotional state to be manipulated to be akumatized. She's not being manipulated. The first part still needs to work. So... She has some unchecked emotions that she needs to get checked out for her to just be able to get angry because she's still playing soccer when she doesn't want to be. So here's here's my rebuttal to that. So I think that the negative emotions only need to be there if the person doesn't want to get akumatized, so it clouds their judgment. Because we've seen it before, where someone gets akumatized and they didn't have to put themselves in a negative mindset in order to do so. And that's Natalie. When she transforms into Catalyst, it's not- she didn't transform into Catalyst because she was mad. She transformed into Catalyst because she was ready and willing to accept the Akuma. No, you're right, but what I'm saying is that there needs to be some level- the way that he's using this- like, you have the ability to give anybody superpowers. But we've seen that the way he uses it is to attack to weaker, quote-unquote, weaker-minded people, which is just people with stronger emotions, stronger negative emotions. And if I can be frank here, um, I definitely think Natalie's got some strong emotions considering she's pining after her boss who keeps his dead wife in a container in the basement. I think there's definitely something she might be able to tap into, but I see what you're saying because we don't see that happen. We're not seeing that happen. It's not like we're like we're not seeing Natalie like go into the bathroom and be like, okay, time to get angry, like in the mirror or anything like that. We just kind of have to assume. But I'm also making a lot of assumptions with Chloe here. Thomas isn't giving me a lot to work with. All right, but um, but so do, you, do you see what I'm saying there, though? Kinda. Okay. For the most part, yeah. Okay. That's all. I just wanted to check. So did we hit every note for penalty? Just about, but you guys said, like, oh, how they beat her, it's, uh, it's kind of weird, but we get it, because it's basically forcing the child to rage quit on their own accord. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you guys, I don't know, it sounded like you guys said you didn't like it, I looked at it as, I feel like that was the only way they could have done it. Yes. See, that's my. Th it's more of I think upon my first watch, I thought that the only reason it worked was because they were trying to use like, basically implying that Chloe's stupid, and so she doesn't really know how all of this works, which I would have bought because of the whole like, ow, my wrist hurts, and she grabbed her thigh. Like we're making dumb blonde jokes. Okay, sure, but upon the second rewatch, it kind of just looks like it was. Kind of like the convoluted going back in time with the with the end game type deal. Like I get it, it's a little confusing, but I guess I see why it works. So like I also just wasn't really sold on it. I guess I I I think it was more me being confused about how this technically works, and that I was like, okay, I guess she's rage quitting. Okay. Um, and then after, and then at the end, uh, Sabrina starts gaining independence. We got some more character development. From not the main characters. <laughs> right. Honestly, Honestly. I think it was a little overdue for Sabrina at this point. Yeah, well, it is for most characters. Yeah, that's fair. And then, um, and then Chloe 
is finally able to just go and sit on the bench, and then her and Lila become bitch friends. Yeah. They make a pact. That that should have been, like, an entire sequence of those two deciding, hey, let's work together and make Marinette fucking miserable. <laughs> Instead of just, like, a two-second conversation at the end of an episode near the end of the season. I feel like there wasn't really much to be said there other than maybe Chloe being like, why would I team up with you? That sort of thing. But... Which she basically did say. Like, I, yeah. I think... I Like, I... I think it works better because it's kind of been hinted at so far that they're going to end up bonding one way or another over their, like, mutual hatred of Marionette slash Ladybug. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Exactly that type of deal. Exactly that type of deal. Seen it happen. Read it happen. Watched it happen in shows. Like, it, it makes more sense. And I think narratively it's more interesting that we only get that really quick snippet of them, like, deciding to become an alliance because now we're going to see the consequences of that throughout the next, like, few episodes that we're getting of the next season. Which one of you said um, that they wanted to see Chloe become Lila's Sabrina? I, I believe that was Coco. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if I, like, said that for sure. I think it was definitely something we talked about. But, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, it, I think that would be, I think the best way to make Chloe develop as a character is to give her a taste of her own medicine. And as we've seen, it works. That's exactly what they were doing when they started changing the rules and stuff. Or not changing the rules, but playing by the rules that Chloe changed. They gave her a taste of her own medicine and she didn't like it. I think that would narratively be the best way. Especially if they take this character away from Thomas. <laughs> We still have one more season of Thomas being involved and half the internet thinks that the show's going to like fall off the deep end or that it's going to get better. I think so the animation's going to fall off the deep end and if they can't get this voice actor thing completely fixed then I think this entire show and Zag as a company is just going to start declining after the show it uh, ends. For, for for a show that is charging $80 for some black miraculous earrings, like, they have no business underpaying anybody. I know I, that probably doesn't translate, but, like, the amount of, like, money that you're making versus product, you're, like, the amount you're spending on your product versus how much you're having people buy it, like, they have no business doing stuff like that if they can't pay their actors and they can't have, like, actual animation happening i like also wonder if that's something disney will even like either overstep and be like you guys need to get it together we'll pay for it or if they will just drop them as clients probably eventually drop them either that or disney will say we're gonna buy you yeah that too that's the other thing is that's also a possibility they can afford to buy that <laughs> they can afford to yeah. buy zag yeah, I think that might be what ends up happening is, is that once this whole Miraculous thing is over and basically like their biggest bank is Miraculous right now, but the second that's ended and it's done and they stop getting people, they're going to have to sell to Disney. And I think that's what Disney is waiting for. I, I, was, I think I agree with you because um, it, this would be Disney's way of getting their foot into the door of anime. Because this is, I think, the closest that they have to anime versus a few of their older stuff that they've put out here and there. Yeah. I think that's true. Exactly. So yeah. I think that this would get their foot in the door from there. Because I've heard rumors uh, that they're thinking about uh, doing something with Toei Animation or... Um... I mean, haven't they done some stuff with Studio Ghibli? No. <laughs> no. I'm Ponyo? He Ponyo? Oh, yeah. Ponyo, Ponyo was Disney. Ponyo was not Disney. They worked with Disney. They no 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 no. He worked with the guy from DreamWorks, and he has animators that he likes at Disney. He absolutely hates the way that Disney runs itself as a corporation and refuses to uh, run with them or be acknowledged any of their works. He refuses to come to award shows where Disney is involved. And uh, his favorite artist is actually the guy who used to run DreamWorks to the point where they have a personal friendship and. Uh, he sent him the cat, cat bus, uh, and, like, little model that they made. It's a, like a life-size model. He sent the guy who was running DreamWorks at the time the cat bus because of how much that he loved his movies. He hates Disney. He has refused to work with them and refused to do stuff with them. 
the uh, English, the U.S. version of Ponyo was released by Disney. That scene <laughs> doesn't surprise me. He has to work with them, and that is the other reason why he hates it. Because who, what other studio is going to release his movies in America? He'd have to go to Warner Brothers, or he'd have to go to uh, Universal Studios. And by that point, though, we're all in talks with Disney. Disney's the big man. That Disney's the big boy. Yeah. He hates that fucking mouse, though. <laughs> but also, the two main characters in Ponyo were voiced by Miley Cyrus's little sister and the Noah little Cyrus. brother. Yep, and uh, the youngest Jonas brother. Yep, one hundred percent. Okay, so they didn't they didn't work on the movie, but they did release the movie and yes. have almost almost Disney voice actors voice yes. actors in the movie. Kind of like, uh, like kind of off-brand, if you will. Like they got the lesser-known siblings of the two popular Disney characters, yeah. which was a move that was purposeful. That's that kind of like undermining, conniving kind of stuff that I like from him. Yeah, and like, okay, so that I can definitely see Disney doing this now, where like they're like, yeah, no, we're part of Miraculous Ladybug, and then yeah. the second that the show ends and most of Zach's profit basically stops, Disney's gonna go, hey, listen. We've got like a couple thousand million dollars here, you know. Why don't you uh give us your company? Yep, we could they can buy them out and save them, save their skin, save the brand, save the title, save the animation team if nothing else, you know. Say it goes right. under, they can immediately offer to be like, "Oh, we can pick up your your writers and your anim and your animators for you if you want." We'll it would also you. probably get them into the foot with Toei Animation. Um, yep. and oh, I forget what the other company was that they were rumored with talks with, but they were, they've been, Disney's, I've been paying attention to what Disney's been up to, and, uh, uh, they keep doing these little things here and there. They think they're slick. They're not. Um, I know we're not off topic now, but, uh, they keep putting out stuff like, uh, Star Wars, and they're testing different animation styles, and every single one of these animation styles is 100% based off of anime. Yeah. But they're not giving credit to the style that they're trying to play off of. Which is funny because a lot of anime was actually inspired by Snow White. Yeah. So it it it's really interesting to me that they would go through what they're doing is they're taking from the art style you'd see in a manga and they're applying it to the way that they see shows and movies working. Which, yes, I agree, but I know what you're doing. So I don't get to enjoy my Star Wars content when I know that what they're doing is testing out their animation styles to see which one's the most popular. Uh, gonna sound a little nutty coming from me, cause, uh, but this is kind of how I feel about the new Into the Spider-Verse movie for the Sony. It kind of feels like they're trying to test different animation styles versus making another movie. I could be wrong. That could just be being me being judgmental, and I'm sure it is. Um, but this is a running problem for a ton of people who really like underpaying their animators. You really like stealing from other animators. I like the Spideyverse itself. Like the animation in that one was amazing because I liked the idea of like the comic book aesthetic. Absolutely, and it's extremely groundbreaking. And I think Disney is so upset that they didn't come up with that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's I think that's part of the reason why it's so upsetting. Like, I just want you to enjoy animating for animation's sake. Like, every time Pixar comes out with a new movie, I'm like, yes. Great. Fantastic time. I loved watching this. I loved enjoying this. Anybody who's, like, not a super, like, uh, my partner and I were watching Turning Red, and he was even like, wow, Pixar's movies have just been absolute bangers these last couple times. Yeah. And it's very, very true. Like, that was probably one of the best decisions Disney did was buying Pixar. Yeah. Well, so, I think it was one of those things where it was like, they were, they've already been tied in for every single movie that Pixar released. Like, I, I think that at that point, it was kind of inevitable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you like, you can either let your biggest competitor keep doing what they're doing, which is literally making fun of you in your movies, or you can buy them. And control what they can and cannot put out. Oh, yeah. Um, 
Like, there's definitely been some things where Disney has decided that it will give it spicier topics to Pixar, and then Pixar has to take the front of it, because they're like, oh, no, no, it's it's Disney Pixar. It's not Disney, it's Disney Pixar. So, like, it's, it's, it's both of us. But the second Disney does a good thing, Disney's like, that was on me. I did all that myself. Nobody else needed any help from me. Yeah, they want all the money. Like the the walkout that's currently happening with uh, celebrities who are now joining uh, is absolutely hilarious. Go off, continue to go off in Florida. Thank you, appreciate it. But I mean, Pixar's also had those times though where they uh, would use a movie to work on their animation because that's essentially what the Good Dinosaur was. The Good Dinosaur, for the most part, was kind of a tech demo. Because it was That's more about, fair. it was a lot more about the scenery than it was about the story. And I think I that's why say, a lot of people say The Good Dinosaur is one of their worst, because there isn't really a story there. I would also say that Disney's live-action remake of The Lion King was also that as well. They weren't really focused on, like, expression or anything. They were like, no, this is our extent of hyper-realism. Like, but- if, if they took that and said, this is National Geographic, I would have believed them. I see this is something that I think is interesting. Who do we know who has a specific art style, who has very either like complicated backgrounds or very beautiful nature-esque backgrounds? Studio Ghibli. So there they are again, taking in for in like taking inspiration, which is great. Always take inspiration from like, I love the inspiration, but like, I know, see, here's the thing. I'm aware that I am participating in a market where I need to pay for things and you are going to take all of the data you know about me to make a movie that I'm going to want to see. I understand that. Don't make me feel that way, though. You guys, like, make it a little personal. Come on now. Like, don't treat me like I'm just a cash cow. Make, like, buy me dinner first. This is basically how I'm feeling when it comes to this animation thing is like, I love that there are so many artists who are getting to represent different styles, but it's starting to feel like they're testing what's going to be the new next big popular animation style. And I don't appreciate that. Like, just try it. Give it a shot. See what works and see what doesn't. There's the story is the important part. The animation follows after. I stick around for Studio Ghibli because there's two things happening at once. Like, I think La- Miraculous Ladybug is a perfect example of this. If that plenty of people have said if the story doesn't get better, then they're not going to stay, especially if the animation starts to drop off. Because, like, if you have good storyline, you can usually keep people into it. Like, I don't know if you've looked up um, The Dragon Prince yet. But again, the animation in that it looks a little weird and it does feel very weird when you're first starting out. It it It's hard to grasp it. But then the story within it is amazing i think that like i think that's a great example because even if things get lost in like translation if you're telling if you are telling and showing a great story then your reader watcher listener is going to understand what is happening yeah like there's social cues there's background cues there's all kinds of stuff that most people are going to pick up on and even if the other people didn't pick up on there's other stuff that they're going to pick up on um yeah. like the the fact that I am now starting to think that Gabriel twisting his ring isn't a um senti monster thing I think it's an anxiety thing Yeah um like like little stuff that we're picking up on like that and like that's like how you're gonna tell a good story uh like you said earlier that they're they're focusing a lot on the love square i honestly disagree i don't think they're focusing enough on the love square i think the love square is taking too damn long i want to know what's happening with the love square and like move on I want there's more story to be told after these two kids like meet each other for real and get to see each other for real and see each other as who they are like you cannot tell me that there won't be more story there right what I'm thinking is is do you think there's going to be a time skip (laughs) yes I think I I think the last season will be a time skip yeah I I think after season five when Thomas is no longer part of this. We might get a time skip. I think it's six and seven. 
I think it's plausible, but I think it's more plausible that we would get one with the last season and they would try to answer any leftover questions, loose ends, uh, background characters getting like more information about them or solving whatever issues we thought they had, clear understanding of relationships and stuff like that. Uh, like that would make sense, especially to do like a time skip with that, especially towards the last season. Yeah. And it, it wouldn't surprise me. It just irritates me because so many animated shows have done that and only a handful have ever done it well. I think uh, we got off the topic of Penal Team here. But, we did, like, but I think we were kind of done with it. <laughs> oh, only a handful of shows have ever done that time skip thing well. But like back to t- Penal Team, it, like, it gives room for Chloe to grow. Like if you want to make her a villain, make her a villain. But make her a villain. Don't make her like I'm just seeing a sad, scared little girl who's a bitch because she doesn't know how else to do because that's how she's seen her mom be. That's what yeah. I'm seeing. And I know that from freaking experience. So, like, maybe it is me projecting 100%, but I'm just, I'm really not buying this Chloe villain arc at all. And I know that, like, it just feels like that's what this episode was. It was, bam, Chloe's a villain now, accept it. And I'm, like, not accepting it at all. No, she's not a villain. She's a brat. If you put, yeah. if you just take the, the, the shot of Lila and Chloe sitting next to each other at the end, one's a villain. One's a bratty child. Like, that's what they are. Yeah. Put Felix in there, you have two villains. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, final thoughts for Penalty Team here, because we got really off topic. Yeah, we did! Um, <laughs> I know. Honestly, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about with this episode. Yeah, this is true. It. But uh, anyway, I would say it was, a, it was a, a nice to see Mark again. I would say as a character, he's a very interesting looking one. Um, I, know, I know you really like Mark. I think he's adorable. I want to know more about this character. But, uh, of course, we're probably not going to get more on him because, you know, he's a side character, as, like, most of the others. Um, but Except Ladybug really needs to use him more often. <laughs> right? Uh, no, she just needs to use the Rooster Miraculous. Except she doesn't have it anymore. Well, yeah, now, if Hockey doesn't use that to its fullest extent, he's smooth brain. Yeah, so I would say that's, that's it for Penalty, then. Yeah, I mean, it was... It's it wasn't like a super plot driven episode. Like you have you have the the little moment at the end where you know that Lila and Chloe are gonna team up in later episodes. But other than that, you didn't there wasn't really much else like overall arcing story based. But I, not, not terrible. I desperately want us to open up this next season and it's Gabriel Agreste surrounded by a bunch of Kwamis who are yelling at him. That'd be nice. Like, he has two Kwamis, and he already has to be like, oh my god, will you shut up? Imagine everybody in there. Yeah. Everybody's all up on his grill now, and they're irritated. Like, they, like yeah. of course, he's gonna, like, scare them into submission, because that's how he'd be, but, like, just the first five minutes where they're like, where are we? What is happening? Oh my god. What's going on? Guys. Hey, how are you guys? Wait a minute. Oh no! Like, like just that interaction. Well, no, I'm just here's, waiting. Here's the thing: I don't think he's gonna do that because if one of those Kwamis got back to Ladybug, his identity is revealed. Yeah, because he wouldn't be holding the miraculous at all. And if he doesn't put on the miraculous and release the Kwami, <clears throat> sorry, uh, then they'll never see him. At that point, the only one actually, Bark, she didn't revoke Bark saw, them. Though. Bark saw him. That's what I'm trying to say, though. Is like she didn't revoke any of them, so they're not like like they're in the miraculouses because they're resting. But he pulled them out of the box, right? So the box is empty. Yeah, but the Kwamis so, won't get released unless he puts on the jewel. But I just realized that Bark has seen him. Yeah. So. Bark may not have seen him as Hawkmoth, but I think Bark could put two and two together because I think Bark might be one pretty of the smarter Kwamis in that box. Yeah, and he can also control how far they go, so, like, they can't, like, escape either. Yeah, he can put a barrier around them, basically. But I also know that this man doesn't, like, other than, like, maybe a cabinet to put them in, he has nowhere to place them. So, like, he'd have to, and I, the other thing is Ladybug didn't, like, revoke any of them. 
Uh, meaning that like they're in their jewelry, but they're not stuck in their jewelry. You're only stuck in your jewelry when your owner has like when we saw Alia take off and give it up. So the Fox Miraculous would still be in there. Because she says, like, I revoke you. None of the other characters say this. So Trix would technically, technically, if they were going by the rules, that's what I'm saying. Is If this they is had a, magic law. If, if they had magic law that they were actually following, not all the Kwamis would technically be trapped in their miraculouses. They'd still be able to get out. So, like, even if just five of them, like, Sass just popping out every five seconds, like, what do you want, Master? Of course, Master. Thank you, Mass. Just defeated and irritated and done. Just sounds like an entertaining interaction between the two. Now I need that. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, we're all yeah, like, get to go back to their original holders, and they're like, he was awful. He didn't give us any snacks. No <laughs> snacks. <laughs> like, Pug is like, his cheese no, is stinky no. and not in the good way. You know what? Way. I could see this happening. Freaking, uh, what's what's his name? The the Celestial Guardian. He, he's just like, when you get those Kiwamis back and all the Miraculous is back, you're giving it back to me and giving up the box. But then, the, like, the Kiwamis will, like, pop out and be like, no, we're staying with this bitch because she gives us food. <laughs> <laughs> like the Kiwamis. See, that's the thing. And I think we talked about it earlier. The only one, the only, uh, technically three, um, but the only people we've seen so far that treat the Kwamis like their own individual, like, peoples or persons, beings, is Adrian, Master Fu, and Marionette. This new uh, Celestial Guardian, he doesn't really, like, seem to care. No, like, he doesn't, considering he was holding that... Bark in, like, a death grip. Yeah, like, <laughs> that they're not, like, you know, like, toys or something. Like, they're beings. Like... These things These, are gods. They're literal gods that decided to be, like, to be attached to jewelry. Maybe you should shut the hell up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really want to see the interactions with the Kiwamis in this next season, too. I can't, I think it, it would be, be a great. wasted opportunity if they didn't do something like that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I really believe that. The chaos that ensues. Uh, thank you, Miracles, for tuning in to another episode, and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, Miracles. Did you know we have a Twitter? You can follow us at the Ladypod Pals. Keep up to date on episode releases, polls, artist highlights, hot tea, and your thoughts. Reach out to tell us your thoughts, feelings, or ideas. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at the Ladypod Pals.